Welcome to Freed Up. This is the podcast space where life feels lighter. You know, sometimes life can have us feeling worn out and weighed down, locked up and left out, or just simply looking for more. And if that sounds like you, then you are in the right place. Free Up has a word for you. Today, we kick off a new series entitled Leaving the Stuck Places. Over the course of these next few episodes, my prayer for you is that God awakens you to any place that you've planted down roots that isn't where he wants you to stay. You know, stuck places are stagnant places, and we want to continue to grow and be fruitful. So stay tuned, and let's get freed up. I'm from the Midwest, and I went to college in East Texas many years ago. And yes, that was quite a bit away from home. And over the course of the four years that I was there, I traveled to get to school each semester by taking Amtrak, which was a minimum of a 24-hour experience after layovers and subsequent car travel from the Amtrak station to my campus. And then there were times when I would travel by car directly to the school from my hometown which was about a 15-hour drive. I never drove the distance alone, thankfully. Actually, I have like a four-hour maximum that I'll drive on my own. So 15 hours alone is like a lifetime to me. You know, driving long commutes just is not my thing. And such was the case on one particular occasion when I was so excited to get back to my college alma mater. It was the year after I had graduated. Each fall, a slate of events that are part of the early fall semester traditions and festivities there are hosted for current students and alumni. In this particular time, I was invited back to participate in a specific event, and I was so excited to be able to see so many of my friends who were still on campus. I got a chance to visit with mentors and former professors that I had admired, and it was just really cool to get back into the atmosphere of college life I had only been gone a year. I was still trying to transition from that part of my life experience. So the question of how I would get there was looming and I knew I just couldn't take off work long enough to do the Amtrak thing. So I decided to drive, but I don't do that long of a distance by myself, right? And I had heard from some of my friends that one of my classmates who lived in Ohio wanted to roll down to the campus as well and was trying to figure out a way to travel. So we connected and it was decided that I would rent a car and he would drive to my hometown, which was about a three hour drive, and we would leave from there. We had planned to leave my hometown about 10 to 11 p.m. at night so that we could drive a good distance without much traffic on the roads and that we would share the driving duties in like four hour increments. So the plan was in place, we had prayer before we left, and we hit the road. I started out driving while he slept most of the way for those first four hours. And then we pulled over and we made the driver switch. And when we did that, I stayed awake a portion of the way, and then I could just feel myself dozing off. So I asked him, you good, you okay? And he said, yes. And then I fell into a deep sleep apparently because the next thing that I heard was a big thump. It took me some time to orient myself to what that sound was. But the one thing that I did know is that it wasn't a good sound. All I could hear him saying was one word over and over. 
And I'm not going to repeat it, but I'm sure you can use your imagination on that one. When I fully awakened and took in the situation, I realized that we were in the middle of the median, seemingly in the middle of nowhere, stuck in mud that was up to the middle of the tires on the rental car. He was revving the accelerator and we were going nowhere. And I was so frustrated, I just screamed out, stop it. I was irritated, I was angry, but most of all, y'all, I was scared. I noticed a bottle of liquor and I suppose while I was asleep, he had been drinking. And I didn't see the bottle before we left, so I think he must have had this bottle in his bag. I looked all around to assess the situation again. No lights on the freeway. Very few cars were driving at that time of morning. And this all happened during a time when cell phones were not a mode of telecommunication. I just kept thinking, how did this happen? This was not a part of the plan. I had somewhere to be and I hadn't expected to end up where we were. So I started blaming him and then myself. And then I remember thinking, well, what good is that going to do? We were still stuck. No one plans a trip to go to a stuck place. It's not on your bucket list and no travel agent offers it as an option for your next travel destination. The stuck places happen in our lives by way of unexpected detours and sometimes we get there by default. Stuck places are those places that we've planted roots down, where we feel trapped, resigned to be where we are, unable to move, incapacitated, immobilized, or hemmed up, or maybe hemmed in. A stuck place might be your unexpected stop after a failed relationship or several of them. You might be in a stuck place because of a poor financial decision that collapsed your savings and left you in debt, or it could be because of a loss of a job that you loved. It could happen because of rejection from your family or the betrayal of a friend. You might end up in a stuck place because of the death of someone that you love so dearly and your sorrow is the place you now live. Or maybe you feel stuck trying to manage a chronic illness. Maybe the stuck place has occurred because the stressors of life have just piled up one by one and the onslaught of them has just caused you to give up on doing anything about any of it. Getting stuck can happen because of our faulty choices or because of the selfish choices of others that have left scars and wounds. The stuck place might be a result of resistant emotions that just won't seem to go away after a big letdown or disappointment. Maybe the feelings of defeat because of a sin habit or patterns of behaviors that just land you in the same place over and over again. Being stuck can also simply be the outcome of not feeling confident in knowing what to do next in life. Could it be that you can't break out of that head and heart space you're in because God has said no to something you desperately wanted or he hasn't allowed it to happen in your life just yet? We all get emotionally and spiritually stuck from time to time. But those stuck places might happen unexpectedly. We have to be careful because they can become comfortable 
unintentionally. That's why we want to talk about this on our journey to being freed up. And by the way, how do you even know if you're spiritually or emotionally stuck? Well, here are just a few questions that you can ask yourself to honestly assess if you might be in a stuck place. The first one is, do you feel little to no energy or motivation when it comes to doing something about the particular issue or situation you know needs to change in your life? Do you find that your thinking about a particular situation is generally and consistently negative or critical? The third one is, have you noticed if people close to you have begun avoiding talking with you about a particular issue or situation, or maybe they get quiet when you speak about it or quickly change the subject whenever you bring it up? And the fourth thing is, are you able to identify and or articulate a reasonable and steady level of growth in this area over time? Or do you think or feel about this issue primarily the same way after several weeks, months, or maybe even years? In the Old Testament of the Bible, in the book of Judges, Judges chapter six, we read about an experience in the life of Gideon, who was a judge of Israel. What is apparent after the first 13 verses of this chapter is that Gideon is living in a stuck place along with the entire nation of his people. You see, the people of Israel were in a stuck place because of their idolatry, their continued unfaithfulness to God. They were overwhelmed by the unmatched power of the enemy nations that surrounded them, namely the Midianites and the Amalekites. And these enemy nations were basically having their way with Israel. They were bullies. They didn't try to kill the Israelites. They simply wanted to leverage power over them and render them weak, unstable, and unable to provide for themselves. And they did this by raiding and attacking Israel at harvest season and stealing and destroying their crops and taking their livestock, which of course greatly affected their ability to provide for their families. It also caused Israel emotional turmoil and distress because they had no freedom. They lived in fear and hypervigilance, not knowing how and when their enemies might attack. And this distress was compounded by the fact that they were forced to hide their crops in caves and crevices in the ground. This was not a sustainable way for them to live. And over time, their enemies increased as many of these nations bonded together to overpower Israel. The Bible says that their enemies became so numerous that they looked like locusts. And after seven years of this, God's people were so overwhelmed, outmatched and oppressed that they cried out to God in their place of dire need and distress. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you couldn't do anything else but cry out to God? But when we first read about Gideon in this chapter, he's hiding. He's threshing wheat in the wine press to keep it from being raided and stolen. They would normally thresh or beat out the wheat in an open area so that the wind could blow away the unused portion, which is called chaff. But instead, Gideon was in a more secluded area doing this work on a wine press to ensure he would not be easily detected by the enemy nations. Gideon was in a stuck place. When you read the entire sixth chapter of Judges, you will see that Gideon was stuck vocationally. 
He was trying to provide for his family in the midst of a traumatic and stressful circumstance, a famine. Gideon was stuck emotionally. He was fearful and discouraged by his and his nation's present condition. He was stuck mentally. He didn't believe that there was a way out of his situation. And he was stuck spiritually. He felt that God had abandoned him and his people. Gideon and the nation of Israel were in desperate need of being freed up. But God, because in spite of how his chosen people had treated him, he was still compassionate to them and drawn to their cries for help. He had a plan to rescue them from their stuck places. I have to pause here for a moment just to ask you, do you know that God has a plan to help you leave your stuck place? So God's plan starts to unfold and it begins with meeting Gideon right where he is in his stuck place, hiding out, disappointed, disillusioned, discouraged, and disgruntled. God wants to meet you right where you are as well. An angel of the Lord comes to Gideon to speak for God and says, Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon's response reflects his hurt, his frustration, and his helplessness. He questions whether God really cares. He wants to know, God, where are you? He believes that God has abandoned him and his people, and he's trying to figure out why God's power that he had heard about from his ancestors, why it hadn't been displayed in his stuck place. Basically, Gideon wants to know if God cares about the fact that he's stuck and if God is going to do something about it. Have you ever been there wondering if God even sees you, if he's forgotten about you, if he really cares about what you're dealing with and what you're going through? Well, you're not alone. We have all felt that way at some time in our lives. But what God says to Gideon next is about to shake things loose. God reveals this rescue roadmap for Gideon, one that each of us can put into our own spiritual and emotional GPSs to get unstuck and get freed up. God responds to Gideon's discouragement with four very important instructions, and they are found in verse 14 of chapter 6. God says through this angel, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So let's break this roadmap down. The first thing that God says is go. Gideon had been hiding. He was not just in a stuck place, but he was in a stagnant place. And when I read throughout the Bible, the times that God instructs someone to go, it's always accompanied in a sense with an unwritten invitation to trust. God told Abraham to go to a place where he would show him. Abraham just had to trust God that he would be with him and make good on the promises that he had received from God. God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses had to trust God in order to go. So sis, listen, the first step in getting unstuck is to go, get moving, do something to start your process to being freed up. Now go is gonna require your faith, faith over your fears, and often that first step is the hardest, but it's the most necessary. What is your first step? 
Do you need to go and tell a friend that you need help? Or maybe it's calling some of those resources that you had for a period of time and you just haven't used. Or maybe it's just simply praying to God and telling him with a sincere and an open heart that you need his help to get going. So God said to Gideon, go. The second thing was to go in the strength you have. Sometimes we're immobilized to take the first step or that next step to move forward because we think we need something else than what we already have. More resources, more support groups, more encouragement from friends and family. When the truth is that God has already given you what you need for this very moment. You have right now strength, not future, not past, but right now. Philippians 4.13 says that we can do all things through Christ, who is the one who gives us strength. God's presence in you is his strength and power for you. And then the third thing that God tells Gideon is that you will save Israel out of Midian's hands. Well, you are definitely not being asked to go and fight a battle with Midian. But God has called you to something very important and specific that only you can do for his kingdom. And as long as you stay in that stuck place, you can't fulfill your destiny that is yours through Christ Jesus. Now listen carefully to this. Gideon's freedom from being stuck was tied to his willingness to go, to trust what God was telling him, and to do so in the strength he already had. But not only was Gideon's freedom tied to his faith to move forward, but so was his families and the entire nation of Israel. Have you thought about what is awaiting you on the other side of your stuck place? And I wonder who else's freedom is tied to your willingness to get freed up? Maybe it's your children, a family member, a co-worker, or a friend. I assure you, someone else is watching you and needs you to do what God is calling you to do right now in this season of your life. Finally, God reminds Gideon, who is the ultimate power source? He says, am I not sending you? God wanted Gideon to know that the same God that delivered Israel from their Egyptian oppressors, who were just as numerous and just as powerful as Midian, is the same God that was speaking to him to get moving and trust him every step of the way. I can just hear God saying, if I did it before, I can do it again, because I'm just that kind of God. And when you think about it, God was the one that had been keeping Gideon safe while he had been hiding. God was the one who was providing for Gideon and his family in the midst of the raids and the robberies. God was the one that was holding back the enemies from totally annihilating Israel. In Jeremiah 32, verse 27, God says of himself, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is there anything too hard for me? And God says the same to each of us. We are not alone and we don't have to do this work alone of getting unstuck. The God of the universe and all of mankind is on your side. There is nothing too hard for him to do, even when it feels hard. And he will not leave you nor abandon you. He's with you as you take each step toward your freedom. 
Think back to what he's already done on your behalf and remind yourself, oh yeah, God's got me. I can do what I need to with his help in my life. So where are you in this roadmap? Do you need to start at go and get moving? Or do you simply need to be encouraged that you have the strength you need to move forward right now? Do you need to be reminded that you are here for a purpose with a unique calling to fulfill? God created it just for you. And that assignment is waiting for you to leave that stuck place. Your life is more than just about you. Have you rested in the fact that God is the one who is able to do far more than you can ask or imagine according to the power that works in you? Well, there we were, my classmate and me, stuck in the middle of the median, in the middle of nowhere, in the dark of the morning, with what seemed to be an impossible situation in that moment. About 15 minutes after we ended up stuck in this mud, unable to move, a state trooper sirens and lights came whirling down the freeway and stopped on the road beside our car. He asked to see our licenses and he asked us what happened. And my classmate said that he had drifted off to sleep while driving. He told the officer that we were headed to our alma mater in Texas and we were trying to drive at a time on the road with the least amount of traffic. All that was true. This trooper never asked us to get out he didn't check our car. I have to pause here and just say that was the grace of God because I remember that liquor bottle and I was very tense about that. The trooper told us that a driver of an 18-wheeler had used his CB radio and reported to 911 that he saw a car stuck on the road. Okay, do y'all remember when they used CBs? <laughs> what a blessing from God. Somebody saw us and took care to ensure that we could be rescued. The officer called in a record for us and in about 90 minutes time, the ordeal was over. In a muddy car with two very shaken people. Yes, and I took over the wheel and drove the rest of the way. Yes, past my four hour maximum, but I didn't care. It felt good, it felt free because we had left that stuck place. We were on the road again. And I hope that's your testimony in the days to come as we go through this series that you can say, I'm on the road again. Thanks for tuning in today. God's blessings to you. I love you. And I'll meet you back here soon.